I didn't realize it last week, but we kind of started a series. And uh, the series, um, I decided by the help of the Holy Spirit, is called Your Own Adventure. If you don't remember, don't lie to me because it's okay. But how many of you remember what we talked about last week? <laughs> All right, so one person. Thank you so much. <laughs> Uh, we talked about having your own adventure in God, and we're going to continue down this road. And so we're going to look at some things. We really paid close attention last week to Joshua and Caleb, because after everybody that was older, who was supposed to be the example, who was supposed to live this life of faith, failed them, Joshua and Caleb had to decide, since everybody I'm watching has failed, what do I do? Do I give up and fail as well, or do I decide to have my own relationship with God and walk out my own adventure with Him? And they, they decided, I'm going to walk out my own adventure. And so they did. And uh, so we're going to pick it up here in Deuteronomy chapter 31. This is Moses. And he's talking to Joshua because he's telling him, you're going to be next, dude. You are coming into some things. In verse 6, he said, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord, your God, will go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor forsake you. Then Moses called for Joshua as all Israel watched and said to him, be strong and courageous, for you will lead those people into the land that the Lord swore to give their ancestors. You you are the one who will deliver it unto them as their inheritance. Do not be afraid. Someone say, not afraid. So this is the second time or the third time he's saying this in just a couple of scriptures. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor forsake you. Someone say, he will not fail me. Now go over to Joshua chapter 1. Just a couple pages later. And here we see, uh, you know, now the Lord. So that was Moses speaking to Joshua. And now the Lord is speaking to Joshua. And watch what he says. We can read this whole thing starting in verse 1. But for time's sake, we'll pick it up in verse 6. Look at what he says. He says, be strong and courageous. So do you see a theme? Moses told him, you need to be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. And then God is telling him, be strong and courageous. He said, be strong and courageous, for you will lead my people to possess all the land. I swore to the ancestors. Be strong and very courageous. Someone say very courageous. Obey all the laws that Moses gave you. Do not turn away from them, and you will be successful in everything you do. Study the book of the law continually, meditate in it day and night, and you'll be sure to obey all that is written in it. Only then. Woo! So God is telling him, listen, they didn't inherit something, and there's a reason why they didn't inherit is because they didn't stick with me. And so God's telling him, if you'll stick with me, then you're going to inherit the promise I've given. I need you to forget about their failures. Now, what's really interesting about this, we saw in Deuteronomy 31, and then we jump over to Joshua chapter 1. And there's a theme where he keeps saying over and over and over, don't be afraid, but be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid, but be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid, but be strong and courageous. Now, I ask you, and it's rhetorical, so you don't have to answer, but why did Moses say to that, that to him? And why did God say that to him? I was reading this today, and then all of a sudden, just like a revelatory moment came in my office, and I was like, I got it. Because everybody who was supposed to go in that failed and didn't get the promised land, if he was looking to them, and this is what I learned, is in order to go beyond their failures into success, he could not be afraid. To go and succeed where they had failed, he had to be courageous. If you've been watching a parent or a minister or somebody that's supposed to be leading you in this life of faith and they have failed, God is saying to you, don't give up, but instead be brave, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid, but follow on after me and you will succeed where they have failed. 
It's about having our own adventure with God. But we have to determine in our hearts. And so it's really interesting. My youngest son, Christian, loves every kind of animal. Birds, he's infatuated with them. Lizards, snakes. He wants a snake, and I said, no, I will not let a snake in my house. Uh, If any snake comes in my house, I'm shooting it multiple times with multiple guns, and then I'm throwing it outside the house because I don't like snakes. But he was talking to me about snakes. And I always heard this phrase growing up in Colorado because there's snakes everywhere. I mean, rattlesnakes, they used to lay out on the pavement of the road as we're driving down from the mountain, and we would just run them over because they would lay on those pavements to get heat because uh, I forget what kind of reptile they are, but they need heat. They would lay on boulders, so when we'd be hiking through the mountains, there'd be a big rock. Most of the time, there's a rattlesnake right on that rock, and they're very camouflaged. My dad was bit by one and almost died. We had to rush him to the hospital, and because we live so far away, we finally got him there, and everything's Gucci. My dad's fine, but there were snakes everywhere, and so I hate snakes. But Christian was talking to me about snakes, and he said, and I heard this, so when he said it, it made sense. I always heard this growing up. Snakes are more afraid of you than you are of them. And I knew I was really scared of snakes, so I was like, that can't be true. (laughs) I I don't like snakes. I'm I'm like (laughs) just crazy afraid of them. But then I started thinking about it, and every time I did come up to a snake in Colorado, it always would dart away. It would either coil up and like you know, get ready to attack or it would slither away. And he told me when you walk up to a snake, the first thing they do because they're afraid is they look for the path of least resistance and then they go that way because they want to get away. And I started thinking about this. And we know in scriptures that lots of times they refer to Satan and the deceiver as what? A snake. Right? And so it's an interesting revelatory moment. The devil's more afraid of you than you should be of him. But not only that, the reason why he told him not to be afraid, but be, courage, be courageous and strong is because he's saying, listen, if you get afraid of this, you're going to do what they did. They always look for the path of least resistance. And anytime they came up against resistance, instead of falling after God, they went an easier way. And because they went an easier way, it led them to failure. So Moses is telling Joshua and then God is telling Joshua, and now I'm telling you, if you're going to succeed in this life of faith as a Christian, you must be strong and courageous and you cannot be afraid. Most Christians don't follow after God with all of their heart because they're afraid of failure. Most Christians, when God asks them to do something, like I want you to lift your hands during worship, we seize up in that moment because we want the path of least resistance. We don't want to do anything challenging or anything hard. Listen, if you are going to succeed where other people have failed in this life of faith, you cannot be afraid. As young people, you cannot be afraid to say, you know what, I choose God and I don't care who knows it. We looked at it last week. This is what Joshua did. Ten other spies were saying, we can't do this. But Joshua stood up and said, we can do it because God is with us. And he didn't care what all of Israel said. He didn't care what the ten other spies said. He didn't even care what his leader Moses said. He said, God said it so we can do it. And that's what I want you to believe. God said it so you can do it. But in order for that to happen, you can't be afraid. You must be strong and courageous. Well, lots of times, what are we afraid of? What people are going to say, what people are going to think. 
What if I turn out like this person who, who tried this and they failed? I don't want to fail. So sometimes, in fear of failure, we end up doing nothing. If we choose to do nothing, we're making a choice to fail. So we must be strong and courageous. Someone say, I will not be afraid. Now jump over to Joshua chapter 24. A couple more scriptures for you. Joshua 24. Don't let the devil deceive you into thinking there's another way that is better than God's way. (laughs) We don't have the time to go and look at all the stories, but it's so incredible how God supernaturally delivered the Israelites time and time and time again. They were slaves in Egypt, and God delivered them. Not only did he deliver them, he did it in miraculous form. There was plagues, there was famine, and they were untouched and unscathed by it. And then he even led them out of Egypt supernaturally. Fire by night is what the Bible says, and a cloud during the day. Supernaturally led them. Could you imagine? And then they get to the Red Sea, and they've got an army coming behind them, and it's just a bunch of Israelites carrying baskets and clothes and food, and they've got an army coming, and God parts the Red Sea. And the Bible says that he just didn't part it, but he parted it, and then somehow supernaturally he dried the ground because the Bible says they walked across on dry ground. And then they turn around and they see Pharaoh and all the chariots coming to kill him. And God closes up and the Red Sea swallows up every single one of them. And so now they're out here. They just saw how they were protected from famine. They just saw how God protected them from the army. They just saw how God delivered them. And you know what the first thing they do is they take a couple cows, they kill them, and they make them gold, and they start worshiping them instead of worshiping God because things got difficult in the wilderness. Listen, don't forget how good he has been to you your whole life. And maybe somebody says, well, he hasn't been good. Yes, he has. You're here tonight. You don't know all the times you could have died when God preserved you. You don't know all the times something could have happened and it didn't happen because as the scripture says, God has given angels charge over you to watch over you and keep you in all of your ways. I would be amazed at what some of us would think if we saw all the things about our lives that God has protected us from and kept us from. But because we don't see those things, sometimes we forget that he's even there. But you can't forget. You have a responsibility. It's amazing. And one of his, and we're going to look at it here in a minute, but one of God's complaints against them is he always says, you just did your own thing when you could have just asked me. So when you come up against a wall, instead of saying, you know what, I'm just going to do my own thing, why don't you ask God? So over here in Joshua 24, verse 14, he says, so honor the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols of your ancestors. Remember a couple days, a couple weeks ago, we looked at Asa. And what did Asa do when he came in and he served as a good king? One of the first things he did is he got rid of all the idols. What are the idols? It's other things that people will worship in instead of worshiping God. So he's always asking us to do that. Take inventory of our lives. What are we worshiping that's not him? And then he says, remove it. 
right? And so he says, remove all the idols, put away forever the idols of your ancestors' worship, for they live beyond the Euphrates River in Egypt, and in Egypt serve the Lord alone. Someone say alone. alone. Now look at this. This is interesting. But if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in those land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And so Joshua is saying something to every single one of us here prophetically through Scripture. He's saying one day for yourself, you're going to have to choose. Because guess what, guys? There's many gods in this world. But there's only one living God. There's only one true God. Even the Bible describes the devil, even though he's not God's equal and he's nothing like God, that describes him as the God of this world. So even the devil's a God, if you will. And so Joshua is reminding us, because this isn't just a choice because a lot of you were raised in church. This isn't just a choice you made once when you were in kinder church or in nursery that you made a choice to give your life to God. Giving your life to God is a choice you make every single day. And that's why Moses and God encouraged him and said, I challenge you, be brave, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Make this choice every day to serve me. And when you make that day or that, that choice every single day, that's how you have success in this life of faith. Somebody that you've been watching, when they failed, guess why they failed? It's because in that moment they chose to serve another God. So we have to have our own adventure and we have to have our own walk with God. Amen? One more scripture and then we'll get out of here. Go over to Jeremiah. Hey, Jeremiah. Hey, Jeremiah. <laughs> He's like, why'd you make it weird? Chapter two, sorry. This scripture or portion of scripture, which I could read the whole thing, but we just don't have time for it. It's so interesting. And I'm encouraging you guys, make up your own minds. Make up your own minds. It's not your grandparents' faith. It's not your parents' faith. It's not your grandparents' walk with God. It's not your parents' walk with God. It's your walk with God. So you decide. Someone say, I decide. I decide. Now watch this. First, oh, chapter 2 of Jeremiah, verse 7. It says, And I brought you into the fruitful land to enjoy its bounty and goodness. You defiled my land and corrupted inheritance, I promised you. The priest did not ask, Where is the Lord? The judges ignored me. The rulers were turned against me. And the prophets spoke in the name of all, wasting their time on nonsense. Therefore, I will bring this case against you, and I will keep on accusing you, even against your children's children in the years to come. I, the Lord, have spoken. And so, one reason we choose God. My youngest son got baptized. I think it was Sunday. It might have been two weeks ago. What was it this Sunday? It was this Sunday. He got baptized and I was just crying and crying and crying and it's okay to cry. But I was just thinking about scriptures like this on how when we do bad things, we hand those down to our children. But when we do good things, we hand those down to our children. So I know you're teenagers and you're in high school and you're enjoying life. But what? I mean, just for a second, Indulge me and think about your children that you're going to have in 20 years and what kind of inheritance do you want to hand them? 
That's why I was crying in the sound room. And then I got up on stage and I was expected to speak in front of 250 people and I just couldn't do it because I was thinking about the inheritance that my wife and I, through our life of obedience towards God, the inheritance we left to our children. And one day you're going to leave something for your family. We don't think about that stuff as teenagers, but what do you want it to be? What do you want it to be? You're making decisions right now that are going to affect you forever. And I know lots of times we're short-sighted. We think about the right now, the right here, and today. But you're making decisions that are affecting forever. Some of you, even in school, that just graduated, you know, a lot of you got scholarships and stuff, but you were making a decision as a sophomore and a junior and a senior to work hard so that way after high school you would be set up. You're making decisions right now that affect tomorrow. And next year, and the year after. And so God is saying, take this serious so he can leave a good inheritance. Just like he left us a good inheritance. Now look at this. He said, go into the land of Cyprus, go east into the land of Kedar. So he's telling them, think about these other places and think about what you see there. See if anyone has ever heard anything as strange as this. Has any nation ever exchanged its gods for another god? Even though its gods are nothing Yet my people have exchanged their glorious God for worthless idols. The heavens are shocked at such a thing and shrink back in horror and dismay, says the Lord. For my people have done two evil things. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. Listen, what a beautiful picture that we see here in Jeremiah. He's saying you have all these other religions out there and all these other nations and they're serving their gods and their gods aren't even the real God. But yet they would never abandon their God. But, you get, but yet you get to Christians who serve the living God and the real God and all the time they decide I'm going to trade him in for a different God. And he's saying, stick with me, because when you stick with me, and so what are we trying to say here? Maybe you've seen people fail at this. God is encouraging you. Stick with him, because only living water is found in God. And then he said, don't be like the people of old who would go their own way and dig their own wells that can't even hold water. We know in the New Testament it talks about this. There's one way. And I promise you this, guys, because God is good. Anytime you've seen somebody fail as a Christian, it's because they left the way. It's as simple as that. Because God cannot fail. He's the only absolute, and he'll be absolute forever. And so if we're going to succeed where others have failed, we must make a decision that we're not going to dig our own wells. We must make a decision that we're not going to abandon. And this is what the devil's trying to do amongst young culture. I'm watching it right now. I, I've been on TikTok. I've been on YouTube. I see it. This is what he's trying to do. He's trying to get the youth and the younger generation to abandon their God. That's what he's trying to do. Why? Because the devil has always come to steal, kill, and destroy, especially the younger generation. Every time there was a threat to his kingdom in the Bible, what did he do? He killed all the kids. 
You see it in the Old Testament and you see it in the New Testament. When King Herod heard that there was another king coming, Jesus, and that king was born, the first thing he did was kill all the infants because someone threatened his kingdom. So what the devil's doing now, because he knows that if you stick with God, you are a threat to his kingdom. And so what the devil's doing now is he's trying to convince not even just the younger generation, but everybody, just pull away, abandon your God, and worship this God over here. Worship culture. Worship a different God. Worship yourselves. Dude, I don't have time to go into it, but I'm going to anyways. We got to stay away from pride, guys. I just read the book of Revelation. It's kind of a crazy book. But Jesus... He, he addressed seven churches. And every single one of the churches he addressed at the very beginning, it's so interesting, whatever they were haughty about or whatever they were proud of, he came in and said, no, that's who I am. There was one church, I forget the name of it, Parapis or whatever it was, and they, 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 were, they called themselves, we come with the sword because they had mass executions in that place. And so they, they came with the sword. And Jesus, the first thing he does when he addresses them, he said, no, I come with the sword and it's a two-edged sword. So what is he saying? Get rid of your pride. You're not all of that. You think you're the sword? I'm the sword. Right? There was another church that was rich in or another church that was rich in gold because all the banks were there at that time. And, and, and Jesus, they had all the money and all the gold of that eastern area. And the first thing that Jesus does when he addresses that church, he comes in and he says, You are poor. I am rich. What is he doing? He's addressing their pride. So even being boastful of ourselves becomes a God and separates us from the living God. What am I saying? God wants you to succeed in this adventure with him. But in order to succeed, every day you must choose him over everything else. Choose him. And just like he told Joshua, then your way will be successful. Don't worry about Moses failed, everybody else failed, but you've got your own adventure. Don't be afraid. Be strong and courageous. Choose me and you will succeed. Close your eyes and bow your heads if you would, please. Father God, I thank you for every single student in here. I thank you that you help us every day. I know it's a struggle because I struggle with it. Let us choose you. (laughs) There's so many distractions. So many distractions. And they're not all bad either. But they just take us away from you. Help us adjust our hearts and understand that you are the real God, you are the living God, and even if we've been disappointed, and even if we've been hurt, and even if we've seen people live this life and they failed, let us not be moved by that. Let us choose for ourselves to walk with you. Let us be like Joshua. You serve whoever you want to serve, but I make up my mind. I will serve the living God. And Father, I'm asking you to help me. Let that be a decision I make every day. Let me serve you. Let me walk with you. Let me have this adventure with you. And I pray that you help these students with it as well. I know the challenges that they're facing. But as they trust in you, and as they choose you, I thank you that you smooth every path that they walk. 
You make every crooked road straight and you perfect everything that concerns them.